I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jones, Bowden, he's got it, England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away, through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket, and fascinating weekend of cricket we're witnessing at the moment. Brilliant for England women and also actually for South Africa women as well. A last gasp win against India, knocking them out of the World Cup. A pitiful one for England men who currently, Simon, are 10 for 8 effectively going into the fourth day's play in Grenada. Uh, A very disappointing collapse really and it's become this test match in Grenada has become the test match of the tail enders, hasn't it, really? With a, a fantastic last wicket stand by England, usurped by a tremendous last wicket stand by the West Indies, and an amazing first test hundred for Joshua De Silva, emotional stuff for him, and then bizarre collapse for England. I mean, what, what do you make of it? Well, where do you start, really? Uh, there is so much to talk about in, in terms of the cricket uh, this weekend. We've, we've just witnessed an amazing victory from South Africa's women against India's women in the World Cup, which knocked India out. England woeful yesterday, pitiful, really, a dreadful day when it really mattered. The third day, game in the balance overnight, West Indies with a small lead and two wickets left and totally dominating the third day and it looks now barring a miracle barring something incredibly dramatic from nine tenth well, wicket the tail, the tail enders. enders yeah that England are going to lose this test match I mean you, what, what how often do you win a game from this situation I don't know one in a thousand I don't know one in a million it's that sort of shot for England isn't it really it's all, it's a headingly 1981 uh, scenario for them and West Indies have, have outplayed them in this test match they've sort of outbattled them England's batting awful really and I mean, where do you want to start, Yoz? Should we start with their bowling or should we start with their batting or should we just hone in on that over? An over of madness, I thought, and, and really dim cricket when 
Alzari Joseph went round the wicket to bowl to Bairstow. First ball, Bairstow, he was, he was almost talked out because Joshua De Silva was in his ear, chirping away at him. Because I think when Joshua De Silva was batting, they were, England were having a go at him, you know, playing no shots, just blocking, you know, what sort of batsman is this? And Joshua De Silva was giving it back to Bairstow because Bairstow was blocking and playing, you know, restrained innings, really uh, resisting in that stand with Lees. And it just looked as if England were just inching their way back to a situation where they might better cause West Indies some problems, set them something in the, in the final innings, 150, who knows. And then Joseph goes around the wicket, bowls a short ball. Bairstow goes for a sort of, I don't know, it was a really odd sort of, a sort of rash, rash, rash pull stroke. Got an under edge through to the keeper. And then Folks comes in and runs himself out. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable that that passage of play really, really poor cricket from England. It's in a way it sort of summed it up. And he, the cameras focus on Joe Root, and Root sort of had his momentarily just had his head in his hands at, at what he was witnessing. And I just wonder whether he was witnessing the end of his time as England captain. Yes, that's, that's a good point. Actually, it reminded me seeing um, Carl Mayers getting all those wickets in the, in the middle of the innings and the, uh, the West Indies clustering round and congratulating him, some good catches in the slips and so on, and some fairly poor shots by England. It, it reminded me, funnily enough, of Trinidad 1994, when uh, it, the, the match was very well poised and Curtly Ambrose, who of course now is in the commentary box, just went on the rampage and England collapsed to 46 all out. Uh, and it was just the same kind of scene where this kind of West Indian exuberance just overtook English timidity, really. And obviously it's a different kind of scenario because we've got Carl Mayers who bowls at 75 miles an hour as opposed to Curtly Ambrose who's bowling close to 90. And it, it's a different sort of pace, but the environment, the atmosphere was the same. And it's amazing isn't it it's almost inexplicable but I'm afraid English batsmanship and technique was found wanting again I remember we did a podcast a while back it wasn't over the winter but it was a few months back now and I remember saying you know this is the worst England side for over two decades since possibly the 1990s remember when they slumped a yeah, they were sort of the worst team in the world, and then gradually Nasser Hussain and Duncan Fletcher sort of pulled them up by their bootstraps. And someone came back to me and said, "Oh, that's just clickbait saying that." But I mean, I think the evidence is there that it's a, it's a really poor, really ordinary England team. It, look look at their record over the last year or so. They have struggled against the the top teams, and now they're struggling against a team who are you know, right down the rankings. And West, okay, admittedly, West Indies at home are there. You know, they're. They have been really tough against England. They're tough enough for England to crack in for, for many years now. Uh, even, even when West Indies cricket has been a, a low ebb, England struggled to go there and win. You know, they've lost some series there and they, they've drawn a series there. And it, look, it looks as if they're going to lose this series there. It, 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 you look around that England team, the batting is brittle, the bowling lacks penetration... And the spin bowling department is it's not that threatening, really. And Jack Leach has been steady in this series, but you know he's never really looked like having the impact on the series that England perhaps need on on these sort of pitches. They are very slow. It has it's not been a great series to watch. We've, we've said that a few times, haven't we, on this podcast? It's actually been quite dull at times. But what West Indies have done, a bit like Australia actually, in 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 Pakistan, they, it, it looks ultimately as if they're 
their forearm muscles and their bicep muscles are just strong enough to force that England hand down onto the ground and, and, and win the arm wrestle because it has been uh, that sort of series. And it, it's very hard to see England escape. And they've got Wokes and Leach together and, and Saqib Mahmood uh, to come in at, at number 11. But West Indies are, are closing in, aren't they? As you say, 10 for 8 uh, with two days left. There's almost nowhere to go other than uh, lick your wounds and head back home with your tail between your legs. Unless uh, Saqib Mahmood goes one better than he did in the first innings and gets a maiden test 50, of course, uh, and England get a lead of 120. It's kind of a little bit uh, far-fetched to think that's going to happen, but Chris Wokes is still at the wicket, I suppose. I mean, just just looking generally at, at England, uh, I guess if you look at the good test teams over time, you know, you do need, generally, good opening pair, both with bat and ball. Uh, you need some players that, that, that reassure a team that you know... When they go out to open the batting, they're going to, you know, make a make a mark. They're going to assess the conditions well. They're going to you know, stick in and hopefully build a good opening partnership with the bat, and that gives the the team foundation. And obviously, with the ball, you want a couple of you know seasoned, accomplished wicket takers to take that new ball, and so that when you know the batting has failed. They will come out strongly and hopefully you know, restore the balance and and get get in get stuck in and, and get early wickets. And at the moment, England have got neither. They've got obviously they've for for, whatever, for, for the various reasons they've they've left out Anderson and Broad, who even though they are you know both perhaps in their well certainly in Anderson's case in the autumn of his career at the same point at the same time they are still much valued and respected opponents who can still dictate to an extent when they take the new ball to the opposition. And, you know, they haven't got anyone opening the batting who has you, you have much faith in. I mean, I know that, that Alex Lees in his first series is, is trying his best and, and he's really kind of get, trying to get stuck in, but he's a very leaden-footed player who doesn't seem to have many gears or much uh, real flair and and Jack Zach Crawley just keeps making the same mistakes again a, a rash drive today to a ball yesterday to a ball from uh, J- Jason Seals that Jaden Seals that was you know an inquiring line and length early on you've got to leave those balls and play with them with more circumspection if you know the ball is swinging if you can read the signs of what the bowl is looking to do which you should be able to you've got to play with a bit more caution and there was there's just no sign of that so England are just fragile with bat and ball at the top of the order and that's just making it, the job harder for everybody else. Yeah, Zach Crawley out to another drive again. You're right. It's, it's, it's the same mistake over and over and over again and it comes back to the point that we've been making a lot on this uh, podcast is that you'll have a one peak and then there'll be lots of troughs if you if you keep on playing like that in, in that way. Someone like Zach Crawley. And, and actually the, the evidence of this surface, just watching this surface is... You have to be really cautious against the new ball. You have to keep the new ball out and just bat time, and then it becomes easier. Yeah. Both both innings are like that so far, and so you see um, Zach Crawley going. For, I mean, I think he played three big drives before he was out, before he nicked it behind. Then suddenly a bit, and then and Joe Root. I don't know what about his sort of. Well, he looked tired his, actually. I mean, yeah, he just yeah. looked tired. Well, I think he was really frustrated, really frustrating that morning session. I mean, when he took that final wicket, the caught and bowled, this sort of body language. There was it was. He looked frazzled, didn't he, as a, a, an England captain? And I'm not, not surprised as well, because he's probably looking around the field 
how am I going to get this last wicket? Who's going to get it for me? And it, it, well, it wasn't obvious who was going to get it for him. In the end, it was him who got it. Um, and, and another, I mean, just another thing, little, little things as well, although they actually amount to big things. There was an LBW uh, shout against Jaden Seals, and it was out, but it was given not out. When I say it was out, I mean it, it fulfilled all the DRS criteria, but England didn't have any reviews left because they frittered them away. They burnt them off with a couple of really spurious appeals. And you know, that, it's that discipline as well which, which has an impact. And West Indies would have been 245 all out, so a lead of 41. England wouldn't have had that really frustrating, elongated uh, first session. They'd have pretty much efficiently done the job, bowled them out for under 250, which we thought would have been a decent effort, didn't we, after England's uh, first inning score. And then you're, you're not under so much pressure. It's only 40, the lead. And also you haven't had that really tiring, debilitating session in the field. So it's, it's those... Little things that it's cumulative, that isn't well. it? It's all the cumulative stuff that yeah. makes it much worse in the end. I think actually, I, I, funnily enough, when I was watching this Test match, I was sort of thinking it's a bit like a Six Nations Rugby International. Two sides over the over the three Tests, two sides going going at each other, you know, hammering away like the props, like the the, the scrums, you know, sort of pushing hard at each other and. With often what you find with a Six Nations or any rugby international really is the first 60 minutes is that yeah. sort of war of attrition and there's a few substitutes kind of wheeled out and so on and then the last 20 minutes it's whoever has kind of come out better out of that 60 minute battle who in, in the end runs in a few tries and I was interested to see which of the two teams West Indies and England would come out of those very tiring, exhausting, enervating first two test matches on dead pitches, a bit like two scrums hammering away at each other, not making much progress. I wanted to see which team emerged stronger. I thought it would be England, and I said that. I said I thought maybe their superior fitness would tell. I've been totally disproved there because West Indies have come out strong. They brought in a a new player for this test, Carl Mayers, who's been triumphantly successful and their wicketkeepers made made a hundred just got absolutely stuck in and weathered all the you know sort of verbals and so on and and prevailed and West Indies are looking very good for a fantastic win yeah we thought didn't we We said last night we thought West Indies had the better attack certainly for this surface we were talking about this whole thing about five seamer attack and you know five seamer pitch to me it does perhaps you know if it gets to the fifth day then there might be some turn uh, for a decent spinner uh, or a decent spinner might get something out of this pitch but you know there aren't there isn't that high quality spinner around in this series so I you know I just wonder whether you know West Indies to me seemed to have got their selection right it was it was a sort of canny sort of uh, quite pragmatic uh, decision to bring in Mayers. Of course, he can bat as well. So what that did is it actually lengthened West Indies' batting order. So Joshua De Silva was coming in, you know, further down the order as well, which perhaps just takes a bit of uh, pressure off him. And he was able to uh, produce a, a really dogged innings. I mean, there are others. I mean, other really frustrating things happen as well. When when he was out or out in inverted commas, when he, he was given out and he walked off, he got he got over the line. He was he was sort of taking his helmet off and he's putting his gloves down by the by the pavilion and he but he reviewed it but he'd sort of given himself out it was a really weird incident and that must have really irked England as well you know, the fact that De Silva thought oh, well I've reviewed it but I'm pretty sure I'm out and then the technology showed he missed it by quite a long way uh, that, as the ball went through to Ben Face it was, it was a really weird incident that. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that happen before I mean you, you don't see it happen very often anyway, because of DRS I mean I, I remember there was one occasion when I was in 
uh, a test match in Chester District, or it might have been a one-day international, where the umpire had to wait for the review, and everybody had walked off. Both teams had walked off, and the umpire had to stand in the middle, wait for the decision, and he was actually out there by the stumps on his own before he, he, he confirmed the decision and raised the finger. It was a really... I mean, that's the only time to compare with it. On this occasion, of course, they had to bring them all back off, because, I mean, um, the, the England players had congratulated uh, De Silva on his 100, and the England were leader, they got the wicket last, they all walked off. And then suddenly you got to troop back on the field again. And I mean, I mean, fortunately for England, I suppose you could say they got the wicket straight afterwards when uh, Seals was caught and bowled. But it was that sort of day yesterday. It's one of those days where you know, everything just ate away at you. And and, and people people say, you know, why can't England bat well uh, after after West Indies are bat well? The silver made it look so easy. I mean, pressure comes into it, doesn't it? And the, the, the psychology of the game as well. Every run that the silver score just chips away at you it eats away at you as a fielding side just builds the pressure uh, you know a, a really a really poor day uh, for England or I mean as, as bad really as anything that we've seen in the last year from them um, I mean, there are some terrible collapses in India on, on pitches that were really testing but I just think yesterday was just it really exemplified some of the problems that this England team have and it's going to take. I think it's going to take a while. There, I don't think that we, we said this after the Ashes, didn't we, guys? There are no uh, quick fixes. There are lots of problems, but no obvious quick fixes, obvious solutions. I mean, you can change the captain, the coach, whatever. It might, it, you know, it might make some difference. But in terms of, sort of overall, just hauling England up, getting them to where they want to be, I, I think it's going to take a little. It could take a bit of time. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You made the point that. Well, we both made the point, really. The West Indies attack is is better than England's in this particular series. And if you look at the West Indies attack, you know they've got Jaden Seals who bowls late outswing like Jimmy Anderson. They've got Kiamar Roach, who's a bit like Stuart Broad, actually, an, an absolute master operator uh, who nags away outside off some, especially against the left-handers, and just never leaves a good line and length. And he's he's got over two hundred Test wickets, and he's up there with you know many of the West Indies. Uh, best ever bowlers in terms of the number of wickets. Uh, then they've got a, a, a quickish guy, Alzari Joseph, who, you know, you could say is a bit of a Mark Wood in that he's not necessarily always that accurate, but he's he's got pace, actually. And, of course, England do miss Wood, and they had that, uh, you know, plan to have him as their kind of enforcer in this series, and obviously he's injured, so that's a little bit unlucky. And they've got Jason Holder, 
who is also a high-class operator who never leaves that kind of steady line and length. So those four seamers, plus Carmez as well, it, it's an impressive attack compared to England, who just, in actual fact, without Wood, Anderson and Broad, they do look pretty bereft. Yeah, and Archer as well. I mean, yeah. so if you put if you if you put those four players in, but I the, the question I have for you is how many times in the future are Anderson, Broad, Archer, and Wood going to play together for England? I I would suggest it, it's not going to happen very much, if at all, in the future for all sorts of uh, different reasons. I mean, it'd be great for England if they were able to to put the, all those on the field at, at any one time, uh, but I don't see it happening a huge amount in the future. For the, for the reasons we talked about, injury... Of course, Ollie Robinson's another one in that uh, category. And, and Robinson as well. So, yeah, so you take away those you take away those five bowlers, uh, that, then it does. Then it, it actually... You say, well, if you take away five bowlers from any team, then, then their attack is going to look a bit threadbare. But the, the England's attack in this game looks punchless, doesn't it, L- largely speaking? And, it, and it's looked pretty punchless on flat pitches against some determined West Indies batting throughout the series. So there are some mitigating factors in terms of those five players who are missing. But remember, England chose to leave two of those behind themselves. So there's you know, there's that aspect yeah. to it, and 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 you know how much was how much was Joe Root involved in that decision? I mean, he sort of said, well, I, he didn't really answer the question, did he? He sort of it was a decision that was taken, um, but often the captain sort of gets what he wants. Uh, it's just sort of generally is the is the rule of thumb, isn't it? So it must have been part of the discussions going on uh, behind the scenes. It'll it'll come out eventually, won't it? Won't it? But so yeah, so missing missing. Uh, those bowlers uh, but it does show what's behind is just well a in in experience and perhaps you know someone like Craig Overton who's got seemingly quite a lot of attributes but he's not really convinced I think at at test match level he's a very very good county very effective county bowler and then you see a shot yesterday he's got some talent with the bat horrible waft outside the off stump caught you know really really tame dismissals again it's all just exemplified England's I don't know, lack of toughness almost, just a lack of real steel uh, in this England side. They're just a bit soft, which is quite, that's quite a damning thing to say, isn't it, about a a, a major sports team? It is. I I suppose, you know, they would say, well, you know, we've been on tour and we've, you know, it's the bubbles thing, I guess, is slightly mitigated now uh, because... There's a bit more like real life going on, even though there there are some restrictions. I don't think it's a a very valid excuse. Uh, It's just they're just they're just not playing well, are they? And I mean, you can see in Root's expression, he knows that they're not good enough, and and I think he he takes it personally, as you do. You know, if you if you're a county cricketer and you see England performing badly. Whoever you are, doesn't matter whether you're playing for Essex or Somerset and you're in the second 11, it doesn't really make any difference. It, it's your team and it, it's demoralising. And Every one of us uh, as ex or current county players wants to, to see a change, wants to see a, a better output from what is the largest professional cricketing circuit in the world. But at the moment, the, the, as you say, <laughs> there are lots of questions and no answers. Or not, yeah, not many obvious solutions. Anyway, I, I think the the point is no one, no one enjoys having to say these things. But I think they, you need to face up to it. You need mm. to face the facts. This is not a very good England side. Okay, there are some players uh, not playing. This is not a very good England side. And so the the task for those people who, whose job it is to, to try and solve this problem is to think like, what? How can we make? How can we? Obviously, there are going to be some short term plans, but also some long term plans as well. 
to try to raise the standard of English red ball cricket. I mean, it's all this. I want to. I want to use a swear word here. Actually, this red ball reset. I mean, it drives me nuts. This you can't just red ball reset as if you're pressing a button and it'll it'll all come good as it, as it did with the one day side. In a way, the one day side had the talent there waiting to be unleashed. Um, but that's not the case with the red ball team. It's just nonsense. Red ball reset. I hear that phrase again. I'll go. I'll pull all my hair out. There's not much of it left. As it, as red it ball is, reset. But... <laughs> well, look. Let's just um, not draw a veil over it, but let's just uh, at least celebrate uh, England's women making yeah. it into the World Cup semi-finals, and uh, you know a very comprehensive victory over Bangladesh, which I guess you would have expected, really. But it's good mm. to see you know new players like Sophia Dunkley doing so well. Mm. Uh, Sophia Eccleston. Sophia Eccleston is, is obviously you know world class cricketer, and she's kept on performing superbly for for that team. Um, so interesting to see. Now, have you worked out yet who they're playing in the semi-finals? Because there was yeah, a fantastic I, game today. Oh, just tell us about that because you were following it. Yeah, it was. I mean, a remarkable game of, of cricket, and India are out basically. Yeah, the semi-finals: Australia against the West Indies. So Australia finishing top, seven wins, look good for the you know. For another World Cup win against West Indies, who finished fourth. Actually, a great weekend for West Indies cricket, both the men and the women. Although the, the women would have been waiting on nervously uh, on on the result of that match in Christchurch between South Africa and India. And England will play South Africa. South Africa beat England in the group stage by three wickets uh, with four balls left, chasing mid mid two thirties. So they've had a tight game uh, so far. So those those are the two semi finals. And I mean the the last group match between South Africa and India was I mean it's so exciting it really was it was it was wonderful uh, viewing so South Africa had already qualified but they were chasing two seventy five to win they needed seven off the last over and then three off two balls Deepti Sharma was bowling to Mignon Dupriya who was past a half century and she was caught on the long on boundary so suddenly it was a three to win off one ball but. The spinner, Deepti Sharma, had just overstepped. It was a no ball. I mean, how can you do that in such circumstances? You've got to keep your foot behind the line. And it was just a heel just on, on the line or just above the line. So it was called a no ball. So suddenly it, was, it went from three off one to two off two with a free hit. And South Africa got over the line. It was, it was a great chase from South Africa, actually. Two, seven, five. And they didn't need to win the game. They were already qualified for the semi-finals, India suddenly went from elation to utter despair because they got the wicket and they thought three to win off one ball, probably going to win the game now, or at least take it to a super over to give ourselves a chance. And then then this DRS getting involved, showing the no ball, and India's uh, joy turned to agony. So you know, it last year's, or last time's finalist in 2017, out of the competition. There have been some great finishes in this uh, Women's World Cup, but none more uh, dramatic and meaningful, I think, than, than this one, which, which means that India are out. And so they've got, they've got some soul-searching to do as well, haven't they, really? When you think, uh, you know, that, that, that's a huge cricket nation, and uh, they're talking about a women's IPL next year in, in 2020. I was just about to say that, and they're, they're, yeah. they're, that is going to happen. And mm. it, it, you, you could see, actually, that India being pretty upset about that, obviously being knocked out. But, that in a way, I can see a women's IPL doing the same for Indians women's cricket as probably the the, the men's IPL has done for the men because there there is so much untapped talent in India. Uh, the IPL will have certainly been a catalyst for that, and I'm talking about yeah. female talent now. 
uh, and I, I can see uh, this is the last time I reckon that the Indian women will be knocked out of a World Cup before the semi-finals, actually, because th- there is so much potential there, and I think the the, the the women's IPL will unlock that. Of course, it will give opportunities to other countries' talented players as well, but that's a brilliant uh, outcome. And you, you've actually been... Um, you covered the first IPL game. We haven't even talked about the IPL, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be very happy about, actually, <laughs> but it's it's up and running. It is, and you know, it, it, it's one of those. I suppose for UK listeners, uh, viewers, whatever, it's just, it, people have a bit of a love hate relationship uh, with it. I mean, I do in a way. I mean, there are certain things about it which I don't like, and 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 quite quite a lot of things I do like about it. Um, the, op- the opening game was was underwhelming between CSK and KKR. Uh, Calcutta Knight Riders, a repeat of the final from, from last year. And it was the final was won in a straightforward way by CSK, and this game was won in a straightforward way by KKR, who looked to have quite a, a useful side. CSK still got some of the old players, and Dhoni was out there, roared out by the by the quarter filled um, Wankhede Stadium. It was quarter filled because of the COVID restrictions; only twenty five percent of the ground allowed to be filled. So it was so in that sense, it was you know, it didn't quite have the atmosphere. It's great to have it back in India. I'm sure the Indians uh, felt like that. So it's a bit of a halfway house with only four venues being used, three in Mumbai and one in Pune. And Dhoni roared to the middle, but he, he he was batting with a toothpick for the first part <laughs> of his innings. He could he could you know barely barely score. Some good spin bowling in the middle from the uh, Kolkata Knight Riders uh, spinners Chakravarti and and Sonia Narayan. And then eventually Dhoni got going. And it, uh, you look at it, fifty off thirty eight balls, not a bad effort when he came in at sixty one for five. But there was a I don't know. It, there's something about watching Dhoni that makes you a bit sad. I don't know that you you, you feel like you you know what he was and how good he was and almost like a, you know what a sort of a cricketing sort of assassin he was. That to see him now, he, he's he is past his best. Albeit you know every now and again he's able to to rouse himself and, and KKR knocked off the 132 they needed without any trouble at all. And Sam sounded good for <clears throat> Sam Billings as well. Came in towards the end and played a nice cameo. And, and got his team uh, towards the their victory target. So, yeah, it's a slightly underwhelming start uh, to the IPL. But there's still <laughs> six another or eight, two, what, months, two months. Two months, yeah. Two, two months <clears throat> and a week, yeah. The final's on the, the 29th of May. And then the two new sides uh, play against each other on, on Monday. Uh, Gujarat and Lucknow, because they won't get to play in their spanking new stadiums. They have to play their, their matches in the in the Maharashtra area in, in Mumbai or or Pune. What, what are you hoping for from the IPL over the next couple of months? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I guess it's the first time that it's back in India for a while. And mm. although the, the crowds will be less and most of the matches are in Mumbai, it's just I love the colour and exuberance that the, the whole event creates, which they haven't had for a couple of years. Uh, I, I love the celebration of cricket that, that the IPL is, not just the play, but everything that's going on around it. Actually, I, I just like to see good matches, really, and, and not a lot of slogging. I suppose there's one thing I'd like to see in T20 generally. It's just the bowlers striking back a bit with some mm. you know clever tactics of some kind. It's not going to be easy because... You know the grounds are small and the boundaries are obviously you know pretty minute in in many cases and these batsmen are incredibly powerful and talented and and and, and sort of skillful so it's tough for bowlers but I, I I guess I'd like to see bowlers find something new 
Uh, what that is, I'm not really sure because their their options are so limited by the restrictions. But just to see a bit more balance between bat and ball rather than just unmitigated slogging, I think it w- would be the thing I'd like to see. Maybe a few more low-scoring games, actually, where you know mm. the pitch has a little bit in it for the bowlers and therefore the batsmen have got to be a little bit more artful, which goes back to England's test batting. Mm. There was one bizarre moment in the game yesterday. I'm just trying to remember which batter it was. It was either, um, it was I think it was Utapa was batting, and he had a huge wipe, got an inside edge, and the ball actually clipped leg stump, and it, and it the stump shivered, but the bales didn't come off. And I thought it was. I mean, it was an amazing instance. I thought, oh, that must bowl him because he, he was so close to the stumps. It was so close. In fact, they did hit the stumps, and it sort of it shaved them and went down towards. A fine lady. These bales don't. Well, it's, see, it's hard enough. It's for another bowls, handicap. It? Yeah, it's another <laughs> handicap. Bales for don't bowls. fall off. Yeah, I mean, God, you, I don't want to start a list of things that have uh, predicated against bowling now in in T Twenty, but uh, it's quite a long one. We'll be here all night if we had to go through all of them. That's that's one of the solutions for England's batting, isn't it? To bat with bales that don't fall off. <laughs> that 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 will help them to start with. Anyway, Yoz, it's been a well. It's been a, a it really has been a, a weekend full of talking points and 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 full of interest. England heading for defeat. England's women heading for a, a semi-final and the IPL um, starting its what is it gallop towards the final? It's probably not quite a gallop, is it? It's a it's a a walk, a march, a canter, <laughs> a canter, a crawl uh, towards the final at the, at the a stagger, actually, probably. By the end, it'll be a stagger, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> it'll be, okay. Everybody will be exhausted. OK, that's it. Enough uh, cricket chat uh, for now. We'll be back with you uh, shortly to uh, wrap up the end of this uh, Test match series and, and perhaps reflect more on uh, where England go from here. But that's it for now. Speak to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs> Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.